Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live back here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Joey the Eagle. What's going on, Joe? What's up, buddy? Back from vacation. Back Looking from vacation, brand, brand new. Nice and, nice and tan, a little lighter in the beard, but it's growing back. Yeah, I almost didn't recognize you. Was that a wife's decision? Because I feel like you normally keep it. No, no, no. That was that was a my bad. I went too short, and then I was like, ah, screw it. That's let's, why I let's mess around with the it. dirty sand. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but we're we're back live and in living color for you guys. We took a little bit of a week off for vacation purposes. No, no. I took a week off okay. for vacation purposes. Just making sure we know. But in the meantime. NBA free agency has come. It has arrived. Big fish have landed. Some have moved. Let's just get straight into this. The big fish was KD, of course. You know, where was he going to land? You had the big five. You had KD, Kyrie, um, Kawhi, uh, Jimmy Butler, and Clay. That's six, but big six. Um, okay, I was just going to let you, you know, use the math skills everybody at has, your own speed. Everybody has moved to a new team. So let's jump right into it. KD yeah, and yeah, Kyrie. No, no, no. But, but Clay State, so it is five. You Clay, can, Clay State, five. so it's five. All right. Big, big five. five. All right. Uh, KD and Kyrie to Brooklyn. What is did there? you think of that move? They He spurred the Knicks. And he is gone. No Did he signing for burn the Knicks. Knicks. Did he burn the Knicks? No, no, no. He spurred him. He was like, oh, I'm not going. I'm out. So let me ask you something. Hypothetically, if you were KD, I mean, I know that's a stretch, but hypothetically, wow. you're KD. Uh, I see. <laughs> right? And we all know that KD, I don't want to call it sensitive because that has like a negative that, that, that kind of makes me feel like I'm trying to talk bad about him. Right. But it is what it is. He he has his ear, you know, to everything. What he reads online, people's comments, uh, people fake. that are on TV, whether it's ESPN, NBA TV. Fake Twitter he's listening accounts. to him. You know, yeah, he makes you know. burner accounts. So it's, that, to me, right off the bat, shows that he is a little bit sensitive. And we, right. I think we all know that. Right. So if – and here's my – overall problem with the Knicks if I'm Dolan and I know that I'm trying to attract the best player that has ever worn a Knicks jersey and I know that he might be a bit sensitive I'd probably watch what I say to the public 100% so I wouldn't go on the radio and say nah you know what I'm not sure if he's worthy of a max contract I need to see his medical records first so let me get this straight I'm Kevin Durant. Some say the best player in the world right now. I still think LeBron holds that, but that's an argument for another day. Right. You're, te- you're telling me that I-, I might not be worthy of you giving me the max to play for your organization. Meanwhile, me with one good Achilles, crutch and all, could go out there and bust every Knicks ass that's played for the Knicks for the past 20 years. It's a fair assessment, yep. So, with that being said, Dolan put his big-ass foot 
in his mouth like he normally does, right? So I think that was his first strike. I also think a big strike was them not going after Kyrie hard enough. You have to have people within the league. I mean, it was widely reported that they were a package deal. If you know that and KD goes down with an Achilles injury, I feel as if if KD doesn't go down with that Achilles injury, then Kyrie's looking at him and saying, all right, where are we hooping next? But I think once the injury happened, they sat down and Kyrie was like, listen, I still want to play with you. We're still going to be on the same team together. But if you're going to be out for a year, maybe not even be full strength to around two years, you got to give me something. Right. You can still go to New York like you want, but let me pick the team. Right. And at that point, I think that's when the Nets became the favorite. Now, I think for the Nets, it was, I mean, it was a home run. I know there's a lot of people out there there that I hear and I think most of them no offense are delusional Nick fans mm-hmm. calling in and saying nah you know what the Brooklyn Nets can have him and Kyrie you know we didn't need them uh, somebody called in on ESPN and I'm, I'm I probably shouldn't even give this this type of opinion any type of love but I've heard it from a couple of people they tried to compare it to what the Nets did originally when they brought in um, Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett Guy, sit back, relax, okay? KD still has years, years of elite basketball left in him. Kyrie Irving, not the best leader in the world. I'll give you that. Has years of elite basketball left in him. He doesn't have to be a leader. On this team, that's KD's team. He's got to play second fiddle, which when he does play second fiddle, he's perfect at it. When he's not complaining about it. When Kyrie left... Cleveland, he wanted all the smoke. He wanted to be El Capitone. Yep. And then he found out that, you know, it's cool when you're winning, you know, and you get all the recognition for the championships. But when when you're in charge of younger players, you know, it's hard to massage all those egos. When you lose and the scrutiny is straight on your back, especially after the previous year, your team making it farther further into the playoffs with, with a Terry Rozier than you. I think yeah. I think Kyrie was like, wait a second, nah, I don't like this. I'd rather just go back to being. I want. I don't even want to say Robin. He was more like a one A. 1A. Right. You know. So I think for the Nets, it was a home run. They got. They they finally put legitimacy in the fact that. You know, a lot of people were still looking at them as the little brother to the Knicks. Right. Like there was talk on the radio. There was talk by, you know, pundits all over the place saying that, well, the Knicks are still the Knicks. It's still Madison Square Garden. They're not going to go to Brooklyn and play for the little brother. Well, newsflash, that's exactly what happened. And if you look at it from a basketball perspective, whether you're Kyrie, whether you're KD, outside of R.J. Barrett, what do the Knicks offer you that the Nets don't offer you and then some? Right. You know, they have players. They have a a Levert who was going to be an all-star before his injury. Mm-hmm. Yes, they lost D'Angelo Russell, but they have shooters like Joe Harris, who led the NBA in three-point field goal percentage and won the NBA three-point contest midseason. Not that that has anything to do with playing regular season basketball, but the dude's a big-time shooter. He's a shooter, yep. They were able to bring over the Nets, did a great job of telling them, hey, listen, you two come. They had Jared Allen. Jared Allen can do exactly what DeAndre Jordan does, protect the rim, be an athletic big that runs you know runs the floor well finishes at the rim um 
they didn't care. They said, yo, if you come, cool, who do you want? DeAndre Jordan? Sure, we'll give him 40 mil. And DeAndre Jordan is an older version of what Jared Allen is. Yeah. So you, but none you, of that matters. You've got him sitting in the wings. He don't yeah, got to so, play that so first I, fiddle, yeah. So I love what the Nets did. I, I It hurts getting rid of D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. and I actually became a, a big fan of D'Angelo Russell watching him play for the Nets. I think he matured a lot on and off the court. Um, but stars attract stars in the NBA. That's just how it is, right? So for everyone out there saying, oh, you know, I might have wanted D'Angelo Russell instead of Kyrie. Yeah, well, if you would have done that, cool. KD wouldn't have came. Yep, that's true. You'd be right back in the same spot getting bounced in the first round. Exactly. So for me and for an organization like the Nets, I think you do exactly what they did. You swing for the fences. And, you know, I... I, I've heard people go, go back and forth on whether KD's going to be the same player coming off an Achilles injury. I think, first of all, there's only one KD. You right. can't compare him coming off an Achilles injury to any other player. Yeah. I know they want to compare him to other players that have gotten it. I've heard some say Dominique. A, Dominique came back and he was just as explosive. You know, he, he was a killer when he came back. I think KD's going to do... And also, I, I think KD's frame will help. He's not carrying a heavy frame. You know, he's not 250, and know, is, seven foot. And to be honest with you, his... The, all right, so Dominique's injury was 20 years ago, 20-ish right. years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In that time frame, medicine's evolved. Yeah. You know, the, the, inc- the, the incisions look like a C-section anymore, you know? <laughs> exactly. And and I feel like Katie is such a good, like just such a great basketball player that even if his athleticism is severely compromised, let's say it's worst case scenario and uh, the athleticism that he did have is is dropped by 30%. Dude, he's an assassin. He's going to find ways to be effective as as a scorer. It's not going to matter. It might take him some time to figure it out. I don't but think he's going to be the same player after be. a year. Yeah. But KD is going to come back, and KD is going to come back with a purpose and probably lead the league in scoring again at least three or four more times before his career is even, even done. And it wouldn't surprise me if Brooklyn winds up with at least one championship at some point. Oh, no. I think I think if all goes well and KD comes back healthy, um, I think Brooklyn lines up really nice to at least get a ring out of it, at least one ring out at of it. And one. for – a team that hasn't gotten to the finals since Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd. Yeah. Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kittles, Richard Jefferson, and, and Keith, you know. Keith Van and Horn. Keith Van Horn, exactly. So for, for an organization. And you know yeah, what's man, crazy? So I also think a big um, retractor for the Knicks was Dolan himself. Like, I know you touched on it before, but wasn't it him, I believe – two years ago wound up started popping off about LeBron and his boys and how they're a joke on the side of the bench. And I know that didn't sit well within league circles because he kind of like, I I believe I don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe he referred to them as boys. Well, Phil Jackson came out and did that. Right. It was Phil, but also Dolan kind of co-signed on it. In one of his interviews, yeah, that's I why, that's why LeBron kind of came out and was like, 
like, nah, I'm never going to play for the Knicks until, well, now it's going to be never. Yeah. yeah he's not going to leave Los Angeles. Yeah. But, but yeah, let, I just feel like Dolphins. Let's jump into some of these other signings before we get to Los Angeles because California's got a lot popping off within the last 24 hours, and I'm not talking about earthquakes. Um, we had a big signing for your heat. Little signing trade, trade with Jimmy Butler coming to Miami. That's getting Jimmy some, Buckets. Getting some love from D. Wade saying, no, you can't have my locker. No, you can't have my number. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we also had Kemba Walker to the Celtics. We had D'Lo to the Warriors. Clay staying put with the Warriors as well. We also had, um, was it Rozier went to the Hornets? To the Hornets. Yeah. And then let's let's talk about the blockbuster. Oh, no, no, hold on, hold on. Before you go on, go ahead. Before you go on, I would like to say that that Kemba Walker deal. Yeah. yeah. I really like that Kemba deal for Boston. I think it's good for them. I think Rogier also is a bit of a loss because the kid was talented. We saw what he could do in the playoffs. He took him on a nice run to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. But Kemba's a bit of a step up there. You got him with with Brown. You got him with uh, Tatum. Uh, healthy, a healthy um, Gordon Hayward and Enos Cantor now as well. Even though you lost Al Crawford, with Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. he's super talented. He, every time I watched him play, it was against the Nets for whatever reason because it was on uh, local TV, right. and he just killed them. But what I like about Kemba is I think that when you have a coach like Stevens or even a coach like Popovich, their system, no matter how good of a player you are. You still have to incorporate your skills within the system and the parameters that they give you to work with. Right. If you watch, uh, if you watch um, Irving, Kyrie Irving play, he's much more of like a freelancer. He's such a good ball handler. He's such a good, good shot creator that a lot of the times he'll he'll run out of a set, run through it, and then just call for the pick and roll and look to make something happen off of it, which is cool. Right. It's obviously it works. I mean, he's average. He's averaged twenty plus points a game for his career. But I just think with Kemba Walker, Stevens is going to be able to kind of. He's going to kind of be able to run his system a little bit more. Right. And I think you're going to be able to see, Kemba Walker do a lot of the things that Isaiah Thomas did when he spent those couple of years in Boston, really just putting them on his back. So I like that Kemba addition. Yeah. I love Jimmy Butler to the Heat, obviously. I don't know why he went there because he says he's all about winning, and I don't know how close the Heat are. I mean, obviously, right now they're pretty far off. But if they're able to land another player, like a Russell Westbrook, Uh, Russell Westbrook, it might be it might be interesting in the East. I'm just happy we're going to be on national television again because we haven't had that since LeBron left. And then also, your Heat got rid of uh, Hassan Whiteside. They sent him to your West Coast team. Yo, Portland. listen. First of all, I get a lot of flack because, <laughs> you know, 
I, I, I just love Damian Lillard. So I'm not so much a Blazers fan as just a Damian Lillard fan. And I have no choice but to root for his team because he's on there. So it is what it is. But I think Hassan Whiteside going there, he's going to be happy for the first half of the season. Yusuf Nurkic is out. He's going to get all the minutes. I think this is going to be the first player that Damian Lillard played with that he has the ability to just throw it up, let the big man go and get it, and watch him finish it. It's going to give him that outlet when he's driving into the paint that he has never really had. I mean, as as talented as Yusuf Nurkic is, he's more of a, a... uh, pick and pop, or you can feed him on the block. My point being, he's not uber athletic, so you're not going to throw up a lob pass, watch him sky over somebody, and yam it home. So this will be an ultimate test for what the Blazers coaching staff and players as as far as their locker room and and the culture they've they've instilled. If you can get Hassan Whiteside to play right. without all the distractions, without crying over minutes or not getting the ball, I think he. He can be, uh, you know, uh, 15, 10, maybe even a 20, 10, depending on how many touches he gets, player. But he's also got to understand that when Yusuf comes back, he's probably going to slide more into that in his canter role. Now, in his canter, you got maximum hustle every time he touched the floor. We've seen that problem with Son Whiteside, where if he's not happy, he doesn't know how to kind of put that aside. He wears it on his shoulder, and you can kind of see him get lackadaisical out there. Mm-hmm try and play outside of a game. So it'll be interesting to see how that team messes. But I think CJ and Dame are going to make it work. Can he win that starting role? Nah, I don't know, man. It depends on how Yusuf heals up. Because mm-hmm. um, Yusuf Nurchich, man, he was balling for them. Yeah, he, was he was really was playing well. Uh, so I just think it's a uh, – it depends on what you're looking for that night if you're looking for the shot blocking anchor that can play above the rim then Hassan Whiteside's your guy if you're looking for a more uh low post oriented scorer where you can throw the ball in let him let him work like Hassan Whiteside really doesn't have much of a post game at all most of his most of his buckets come off of dump downs or alley-oops he really doesn't do much in the way of giving you any type of post move so basically what they have they gave up Aldridge to the Spurs, and now they got two players that basically do what he can do. Well, so Aldridge wanted to. I, I loved Aldridge. He he wanted to get out, and as we've seen with the NBA, if a player says he wants to leave, I mean, you're at a point now where you know we're gonna hit hit on it later. But Paul George, you know, from all the reports. He wasn't even on the trading block or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't like it was out there where he was dying to leave OKC. Um, if you read the reports, Kawhi Leonard basically, you know, said, "All right, teams can't tamper. I can. I'm a free agent, not part of a team. Yeah. So what are they going to do to me?" And he was, he was, you know, switching uh, locations for like their Lakers meetings, so he could then so go and meet Paul George with, after with Paul George. So. To me, that was crazy, man. You got you got the. It's funny too, cause Kawhi Leonard is known as the quiet guy, and you got him out here like James Bonds yeah. in 007, just just while everyone's while everyone's out there worried about where he's going. He goes, bro, don't watch me. Like watch TV. I'm good. I'm gonna get somebody to come with me. You'll see. He's like, I don't know if you ever seen it, but you remember Casino with Joe Pesci driving into uh, to parking garages, switching cars, and oh. 
where's that one car? And out goes Kawhi, and he's meeting up with Paul George, setting up meetings. Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. So, so uh, oh, and uh, definitely got a hit on, on Al Horford going to the Sixers. That was a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money for a, a five when they already got a five. What are you gonna you so gonna put Horford thing, uh, as a stretch? Uh, you four can now? play. Al, you could play Al Horford at the four. Yeah. You could play Al Horford at the four. He stretches the floor uh, enough, um, and he's actually a lot. He's for a guy his size, he moves really well on his feet, so he's able to guard fours, even some threes. So I think that's what they will end up doing is having him at the four and then and beat at the five. So that'll be that'll be interesting. And on paper, I think. They got the best starting five in the in the Eastern Conference, so we'll see how that works out. So if they can all stay healthy and Ben Simmons can develop his shot, they may have a chance. So Ben Simmons, <clears throat> I think it's a confidence thing with Ben Simmons. Yeah, I've seen him in workouts. I've seen him uh, when I, when I went to go see the Nets Sixers game. I was watching him. We were there pregame, and I was watching him shoot. He doesn't have an ugly jump shot. Mm-hmm. Like the mechanics are good. And he was hitting him at a high clip. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's it's mentally. He's just not there yet, and it doesn't translate over. But I was even watching uh, Damian Jones doing an interview on, uh, I think it was Get Up. And he was saying, like, man, I've been in these workouts. Like, Ben Simmons, there's practices. He comes out, and he shoots the ball at a high clip. But it doesn't do no good if you're not going to shoot that in the game, especially when they're guarding you. You know, you're at the top of the key, and the defender's they're in the free throw. Yeah. yeah, like, you got it. Even if you don't shoot it, you know, your first year that he becomes aggressive at a high clip, if just if you give your the defense a thought that you might pull, yeah. it changes everything. They can't sag off 20 feet, so you have players like Embiid and Horford where the lane's clogged for them. From a per- perspective, like, he's pretty unguardable right now for the, at the fact that he's 6'10", handles the ball, he weighs the way he handles it, runs like a gazelle, can finish with both hands at the rim. He would be, he would make such a big leap if they actually had to respect his jump shot. Because right now he's, you know, he's balling out and he's not even, he can't even, not that he can't, he refuses to even shoot from 15 feet out, 17 feet out. The day that dude gets a jump shot, you're gonna talk about one of the best, one of the best players in the league, hands down. Like he will be given any. Anybody you can think of or run for their money. But it's a big if, man. You've seen players come into the league and develop jump shots, but you've also seen players come into the league and it just never clicked for them, at least when the bright lights are on. So Mark uh, if he gets a jump shot, man, he's going to be scary. Yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy, man. So let's jump into let's jump into California, man. Let's get, let's get over there. The first we had AD to... To the Lakers. It's not completely official because they had to wait on whether Kawhi was going to come or not. But that basically is getting pushed through AD to the to the Lakers. Then, last night about, what, 2 in the morning? Yo, you, you haven't K- texted me that late again? <laughs> KD, or no, sorry. Paul George and Kawhi. Head to the Clippers. Like you said before, no one had any idea that Paul George was even on the trading block. Then, today, 
as I'm on my drive home, Cousins, Danny Green, uh, Quentin Cook, and Rajon Rondo sign with the Lakers. Pat Beverly, earlier in the week, re-signed with the Clippers. I got a feeling we're heading to a Lakers-Clippers Western Conference Final for the next couple years. Um, We'll see. I got a couple dark horse teams in the Western Conference that I think can give them a run for their money. I like, obviously, I like what Portland's done, if they can get it clicking. I think by the end of the season, people are going to wake up and realize that Utah put together a really, really good team. I think having somebody like uh, Mike Conley there, that isn't, I know Ricky Rubio did his thing, but he wasn't, he's developed a lot with his jump shot, but he's not the playmaker or the player that Mike Conley is. So I think that's going to do a lot for Donovan Mitchell. Um, uh, Boyan from the uh, Pacers, I think bringing him Bogdanovich over, I think uh, he's, He's a he's for real, man. I don't know how much of it watched, but he's a really good player. So I like what Utah did. Um, yeah, I think I think the Pelicans, the Pelicans. So the fact that they were able to get that first pick in the draft, which turns out obviously to be Zion, I think that's what really made the Anthony Davis trade and what they got back easier. Right. You know, you, you wound they, up they, getting. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, uh, was it Josh Hart as well was in there? Yeah, I think Josh Hart was in there. A couple first round picks, or three first round picks, one of them wound up being Zion. No, but Zion, they they already had that pick in the back. Oh yeah, sorry, Zion was already that pick, and then the, it was the fourth pick. Yeah, it was the fourth pick. But, um, so that's what they ended up getting. But I really – I actually like what New Orleans did, man. Like I know – to me it was – was it sucks to say because you got to wait and see how these draft picks work out. Right. But I really do think it was a win for both sides. I think Zion coming there, you're going to see a lot of players once he, once he gets in shape. I know that they were worried he's pushing like 300 pounds. But, but people got to understand – once he finished at Duke, his sole purpose was to make sure he was 100% healthy on draft night. Yeah. Like, he would have went and, you know, worked out uber hard, got tore his ACL. He could have cost himself millions. Yeah. And it's not like he's sitting there having to work out for multiple teams. Once whoever got the first pick, like Zion just had to work out for that team. Yeah. You know? He wasn't worried about working out, you know, for 15 different teams, flying all over the country. So with his frame, they said he he, he gained he gained some weight. Um, you could I see think he'll play, he'll in the, in play the himself. summer the summer league game last night. You could see he was a little little on the heavier side. He wasn't as toned up as he was when he was at Duke. I made a comment while I was watching the game with my son, and. Um, my nieces and nephews were saying, I was like, look, he's he's gained a little bit of weight, but come regular season, you're gonna see he's gonna tone up and he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried. Um and I, I think it's interesting. This is the first time I've seen it in a long time. Normally when normally when a team gets a rookie, you don't really see that affect veterans that, that much yeah. as far as them wanting to go to a certain team. Like 
um, when he, they when, when New Orleans originally got it, Anthony Davis was like, I really don't care. I'm still going to Los Angeles to play with LeBron. So I thought it was interesting to see a veteran, uh, a sought-after veteran like J.J. Redick pick going to New Orleans. Yeah. For me, that's a sign yeah. that NBA players, right off the rip, they respect what he brings to the table, his game. So I think it's interesting. I think they put together a really good team. I really, I really do like what they've been able to put together. Um, and from the Lakers' point of view, it was it was a must, right? You you went out, you got LeBron, um, who was by far the best player in the league at the time, and to me still is when healthy. Um, and you need to get a championship with his tenure there, yeah, right? That's what to. it's all about. Um, as currently constructed, you weren't going to and you had heard rumblings that there were star players that were going to be available but didn't necessarily want to be under lebron right. not so much his leadership but just and can you blame him like when when they win he gets a lot of the credit and i know when they lose he gets credit too but if you look at the third option on most of his teams they're constantly getting killed whether they win or lose yeah. chris, chris bosh got dumped on for years kevin love got dumped on for years so i I just think you finally had players like, dude, why am I going to go there, bust my ass, he gets all the credit, and then they're going to look at me and say, oh, well, you know, LeBron spoon-fed you that championship, you're not even really that good, because before Chris Bosh got, got over there and he was playing on Toronto, everybody loved him, you know, when he still had the dreads, he was, he was, he was an all-star already, and you can say the same thing about Kevin Love when he went to Minnesota, he had to change his whole game, like, he never was a spot-up jump shooter in Minnesota, but because LeBron plays the way he plays, he changed his game. Um, so I think they had to make a big move. They had to make that big splash. Uh, they, they gave up a lot, but at the end of the day, you have to see what those picks come out to be. If, if they turn this into a championship and that first round pick turns into the bottom of the first round, which is, you know, not going to be a lottery or star. It, it could be a star player, but the chances of it being a star player are relatively low. Then I think you're in a position where the trade was a no brainer. Right. So I agree with I, you. I agree with hundred percent, but I think they... You know, it was always, well, are they going to get um, Kawhi? And if they do get Kawhi, they're not going to have enough money to fill out this roster. They're going to have to get a lot of, you know, D-League guys and stuff like that, vet minimum guys. I think I think it would have been a lot like Miami when they got that big three and you had players like Ray Allen, Shane Battier, Mike Miller. A lot of those players yeah. came over and, and they were signing deals that were, you know, someone like, dude, you could cash in somewhere else. Why are you going to the Heat? You would have gotten a lot of players that that went over to Los Angeles just to just to get themselves one of those rings, yeah, play for the vet minimum. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think they would have had as hard a time filling out the roster as people made it out. Um, I do think that. So here's my thing: Kawhi Leonard on the Lakers would have made it basically a guaranteed ring, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah, but at the same time, you have to take into account injuries, right? So with them having, and I think Golden State is the perfect model to look at, it's great. And, and to be honest with you, Golden State had a couple more players than, than the Lakers would have been able to have. They wouldn't have been able to come up with a Draymond Green. But that's besides the point, right? You saw that once Kevin Durant went down, I mean, they just didn't have the depth, right. you know, to, right. to, to overcome that loss and overcome the clay loss. I know it was a a bit much but i'm saying even with clay in there they were they were struggling because when you have that much cap to three players you have to hope and pray 
that these players Don't all stay it. healthy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you look at it, Kawhi Leonard's already worried about load management. I know he's just coming off a ring, but he is worried about his load management. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say he's injury prone, but he is. He just missed the season two years ago. You got Anthony Davis, who has his fair share of injuries. He's a walking inferno. Yep. Yep. And then you have LeBron James, who, who while he's been Iron Man his whole career, and I think people are, are making a little bit too much out of him missing 17 games with the groin. You know, Father Time is undefeated, and you never know when those injuries start to mount up. So while I think them missing out on Kawhi Leonard is sucks, I think it was important for them to have a strong plan B. Right. And for me, I think their plan B was really good. Uh, they brought back a veteran point guard in Rondo yeah. to help out there. Um, we've seen that he can play at a championship level. Uh, I think DeMarcus Cousins, two years off of this Achilles injury, yeah, 100%. is going to be a monster for them. And we saw how well him and AD played down in in New Orleans. They can yeah, coexist there's a and chemistry. they can play and, very well together. And, and there was multiple reports that uh, Miami was in on him, but that I think they said like four or five Lakers players basically called him and was like, bro, like, don't go there, come here, we yeah. got a spot for you. You're and one of those players was Anthony Davis, so I'm sure once Anthony Davis called, that kind of sealed the deal for him. Yeah. So, so I, I and you I, also they, got... they were able to get other players, like Contavious uh, uh, Caldwell Pope. Pope re-signed. You had Quentin Cook, who is JaVale a solid McGee. young player, JaVale McGee, and um, Danny Green. Yeah, Danny Green. Which is a big, you know, D and three guy. So I think while they missed out on Kawhi Leonard, them being able to have a solid plan B, and obviously they had a solid plan B because as soon as Kawhi signed, they were out there and they inked like four or five guys. Yeah. So I think that they they're still going to be able to make a, a deep championship run if everyone stays healthy. I think LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be the best duel there is next year again if they stay healthy right and I, I think the Raptors showed this year like if you have one mega star which they have two mm-hmm. and a solid team around them you know the games still have to be played so there's there's not before the season nobody was picking Toronto certain injuries happen they start playing well role players step up and now they got a ring for it so yeah. I don't necessarily think you need three stars to win a ring. I think a lot of the teams now have two stars plus a solid squad behind them. Yeah. Now, speaking of Toronto, they had they were offered Paul George and Russell Westbrook for Siakam. And, they and a couple other it. things. And a couple other things, and they rejected it. Would you have yeah. made that trade? And what the hell is Oklahoma City doing where you just blew up? You're, you're basically blowing it up because now Westbrook is talking. He wants out. He's, well, he, not that he wants out, but he's looking for a trade now. Well, here's the thing. I think it's, it's mutually beneficial for both parties. Mm-hmm. OKC is clearly – listen, Paul George to me was never on the trading block. But what they got for Paul George, if they're able – to hit on their draft picks was a haul. Like yeah. they got, they got a, a lot of compensation for him. So I can't blame them for seeing the writing on the wall 
and getting the most they can from for him. Right. Uh, I would have to see how the numbers work out. Um, I don't know if if getting Russell Westbrook and Paul George over to the Raptors would have been a way to to maybe keep Kawhi. I don't know how those numbers would have worked out. Right. Uh, I'm I'm assuming because uh, Ujiri is such a good GM that the numbers just wouldn't have worked. It would have been one of those things where they're like, listen, you're you're losing Kawhi anyway. Let's let's do something let's here. Try to get something uh, in return. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as knowing what they're doing. I that Russell Westbrook deal kind of scares me. He's, he he is making a lot of money for a player that, let's face it, hasn't really been that far in the playoffs. Right. His his furthest uh, year where. Well, he made it to the finals one year, conference finals the year after, and then hasn't been back that deep since. Yeah, so I don't know if I feel comfortable paying paying Westbrook that much money, but there are teams out there that may feel like they're one piece away. Right. And as much passion as he plays with, I do think that can rub people the wrong way. I think something that hasn't been talked out talked about a lot and I think is one of the most interesting aspects of all this going down is when you look at it from a Russell, from a Russell Westbrook uh, point of view he's considers himself an alpha he's an alpha male like he considers himself the best player in the league I'm right. sure if you asked him he would say no doubt I am unguardable I am nobody can do what I do I'm the best player in his league okay cool you had Kevin Durant playing with you and he chose to leave and play with other stars over you basically saying i can't win a championship with you i'm gonna go somewhere i can that happened once now you have paul george who just signed a max deal you had him on stage last year popping bottles at some club you know excited to have him and and you thought that was going to be your running mate and as soon as he had an opening to go play with a, a star that he deemed better he said bro i got love for you but i'm out i'm going back to los angeles so I'm really interested to see the mindset that Russell Westbrook plays with because I can see him taking that extremely personally. Yeah. So if I'm a team that gets him, I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder. I can't say that I'm going to see him play harder because he already plays to me. I think he's the hardest playing uh, oh player in the league. Um, yeah, I just think his motor is relentless. I'm really interested to see what he does, though, man, because if I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm sitting there like I had two superstars, two MVP candidates both choose to leave me because they didn't think I was good enough to team up with and win a championship. So we'll see where he ends up. I think if I'm OKC, you have to move him. Yeah. There's no there's no option to keep him. Now, Crystal Ball, where does he suit up at the start of 20, the 2019-2020 season? So here's the interesting thing, uh, whether it's the NBA, MLB, NFL, timing is everything. Right. And that that's in free agency, that's in trade, that's, you know, everything. Right. So the timing of this Paul George trade, I, I think puts as, I mean, they got a haul back for him, but OKC is put in a bit of a bind when it comes to Russell Westbrook because a lot of these teams that might have been vying for his for you know for his availability and they could pin him against each other and say, oh well, you know, this team's offering X. What are you offering? A lot of those teams are tapped out already. You look at mm-hmm. teams that had, you know, 
cap space like the Lakers. And I'm not saying they had enough to fit Russell, but I'm just saying as soon as Kawhi, the Kawhi domino fell, a lot of teams started using up that cap space. So teams that have the availability to, to maneuver enough players to absorb a contract like Russell Westbrook, I heard Kendrick Perkins talking about it earlier, saying that the Heat might be a likely destination for him. I think if you're the Heat and Pat Riley, you do anything and everything to, to make that deal happen. Right. Um, what, are, what about the Knicks? I, do the Knicks pull that trigger? I know they're one of the teams that did spend a lot of money. They got a lot of guys in. Do you try to make that work? And do you have that, enough cap that, space to do I, it? I would have to, before they made these flurry of moves – I would say, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks would definitely be in on a player like Russell Westbrook. But I don't, don't know with how these new deals were Finan- financially where they sit, right? Yeah, yeah, right. constructed. I don't know if they're even a team. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be teams that are looking to move with these capologists now. I know, I know. I say that creating salary cap space is is difficult. But if you really want a player, I mean, there's ways to fit around. You know, adding adding a player outside of the you know a Golden State who already has three max contracts, but there's a lot of teams out there I think that would be able to maneuver. Um, but it's just giving up all those assets for a player that's not exactly. I don't see him slowing down, but his last year of his contract where he's going to be making I think, I think it's like forty two mil for the year. He's going to be thirty four. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 interesting because you got to look at teams that are that are building and have young assets, are they, do they feel that they're that one piece away from winning a championship? Because you're not going to give up all your future assets or assets that you've been building over time, players you've been building over time to not, you know, to not cash in on a ring. Yeah. That's yeah. the ultimate goal. I could see a, I could see a team like Minnesota trying to make that work. Because they, uh, there was rumblings that they were in on the D'Angelo Russell. They missed out on him. You pair, you know, a Westbrook with a Carl Anthony Towns. Don't know, don't know what's gonna come of a combination like that. But I could definitely see a, a team like the Timberwolves possibly uh, trying to make that money work. They've been looking to get rid of Wiggins. He's yeah. he's got some upside yeah. to him if you can finally unlock uh, his potential. So it'll be interesting to see where Westbrook ends up. But he looks good in the Heat uniform. I'm saying he'd look good in the Knicks uniform too. I nah, have to man. call your boy down in He'll Philly get, and say, "Hey, come and make this cap space work." They kicked out. They kicked out Oakley. You don't think they're gonna kick out uh, Westbrook mid game for the stuff he does? I think. I think for the Knicks to come back to prominence, Dolan's gonna have to sell that team, and somebody's gonna have to come and kind of restart. This Knicks franchise. Yeah, man. Uh, Knicks got to do something. Knicks yeah. got to do something. It's crazy. And then, you know, we touched on it briefly. The Clippers. Do they have enough firepower with Paul George, the Claw, Lou Will, and Pat Beverly, and a couple other pieces that they already do have to really make a push for for the finals so the clippers this is this is the clippers window right they gave yeah. up everything my first round picks. five yeah first they gave round up picks danilo gallinari and 
something else. Yeah, I think they gave up another player. But my point being, so I love the Clippers team. I really do. I love, I love the organization. I love the owner. I love the fact that they have Doc Rivers pulling the strings. Oh, uh, Alexander, the young point guard. That's who they. That's who they gave up. Right, that's another absolutely. reason why I think, think the Thunder are going to trade Westbrook is because mm-hmm. uh, I think having him and having Russell there with Alexander. Uh, they're just not really compatible with each other. I think it's one or the other, and they're going to choose to to let Alexander be the next uh, up and coming point guard for OKC. But I digress. You're taking the. I think it's interesting because a lot of the times when you put these big threes together or big twos together, you look at it from just strictly an offensive perspective, right? Like Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Oh my God, they're going to average thirty five together. This, that, and third. If you look at the team that the Clippers have assembled, and I'm going to call it a big three for a second. I'm not, overall, it's just a big two. But just look, look at the defensive end. Patrick Beverly is a dog. A monster. On a defense. dog. Yep. He might just be the best defensive point guard in the league. Yep. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. So you got him. You got Paul George, who's all NBA defense. Yep. No slouch himself. And you got the claw, Kawhi Leonard. Bro, if you're if you're a guard out there trying to score against these three, good luck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I love the fact that they were able to get these three. You might just have first team all defensive because Clay Thompson is out. So Paul George, I think, is going to get that spot at the two mm-hmm. guard. They might all make first team all defense. Yeah. I don't know and if that's ever happened again. Lou but Will. I love Lou Will is no slouch on defense as well. Six no, no. man. Was it three times six man of the year? No? Yeah, I mean Lou Will Lou Will Lou Will's one of the the best microwave players I've ever seen. Like you could put him in a game and he hasn't touched a rock or ran in forty five minutes and he'll go out there and drop thirty six. Yeah. Lou Williams. All right, so I don't even think it's fair that Lou Williams is called the sixth man. Yeah, because he's so damn good, bro. He he's a starting he's a starting shooting guard on on most teams. Yeah, easy, and he's one of those guys. You know who he actually reminds me of? Um, a little younger version, obviously, but the uh, he reminds me of another Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was just gonna say he's gonna be yo. He's gonna be fifty five. Still averaging twenty points a game if he wants because he he hits tough shot after tough shot. He's got an amazing handle, um, and like I said, he makes tough shots look like easy shots. Sometimes he pulls up in in transition with two defenders on him, and you're like, dude, what the nothing but net. So I love Lou Williams. I think I think the the talent that the Clippers were able to put together if they win a, a championship or two out of it. I also think it's cool dynamic that both both star players are from. Uh, California. Yeah. Coming back so, to their roots. That, yeah, man. And I just think Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard uh, pulled a LeBron better than a LeBron. Like, we've, we've known yeah. LeBron as, a, as the master recruiter, you know, the master uh, just pulling everyone's strings and, and ending up with players that he wanted. And Kawhi silently picked Paul George and was like, that's the guy I want to play with. And he made it happen. So credit to him. I love it. I think this is the first year that 
the NBA is going to be able to say there's full on eight, nine teams that could win a ring this year. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. It's it's going to be because remember, um, Giannis, he's reloading as well up there in uh, in Milwaukee. They got a couple pieces. Yeah. They- so you know it's it's not just a two horse race. The West is going to be loaded. You know, uh, Houston took a step back. Golden State's going to take a little bit of a step back this year. So it's it's wide open. And with that being said, my brother, you got anything else? Nah, man. I think I'm uh, I'm all tapped out. So guys, this NBA. Free- yeah, I'm still I'm still a little under the weather. I'm the only Puerto Rican that gets a cold in the middle of the summer, but summertime. So But thank you guys for listening. Uh, with the summer coming up, we are going to be throwing at least trying to throw at least two episodes a week to you guys. So stay tuned for that. You guys know the the handles www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com for all our information, Twitter handles, YouTube page, all that stuff. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch you guys later this week. Peace.